With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show... Today on the James Altucher Show. Welcome to another episode of Side Hustle Friday. And again, when I say side hustle, I'm not talking about what people used to talk about, which is, oh, here's the Uber for dogs, and you could just walk like 18 dogs for $6 an hour. That's not a side hustle. A side hustle is something you start off, you make money fairly quickly, and it could build into a multi-million dollar business if you wanted to. And so that's a great lead in to today's episode. We've talked about online courses, online newsletters, lots of digital products, but we haven't yet spoken, and not many people have spoken about for pay online communities. And I think this is one of the best ways to build a business out there, a for pay online community. One community I've been impressed with over the years, the two founders, it's a couple, John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson. They have made millions and they're very transparent about how much money they make. So let's go right into the podcast. You know, we've definitely seen a lot a lot of people who uh, would probably not have gone into podcasting now just like sitting at home saying, well, I guess it's time to start a podcast. Yeah, I would imagine like on the one hand, I mean, we've done well, you've probably done well, because I think a lot of people have been concerned during this lockdown how to make money after this. So I think entrepreneurial podcasts have probably done well. We heard from Midroll that the average podcast seems to have gone a little bit down in traffic, but uh, I'd imagine that there's more podcasts now than ever just because what else are people doing in the lockdown? Just well, talking to each the, other. For the first time ever, um, new podcasts in one month crossed 100,000 shows. Wow. That's a lot. Well, I wanted to talk to you guys because you've done such a good job building a for-pay community. And I'm doing this little sub-series on the podcast of different business models that are out there. And I think for-pay communities is probably an even more powerful model than newsletters, courses. You've done such a great job in terms of you know, keeping the community energized and organized. It's really the best podcast group out there. So... It's okay. I wanted to talk about it and even the numbers a little bit and and how you grew it. Yeah, thank you for that. We've been working on Podcasters Paradise since 2013, and it's just been a labor of love to continue like pouring into it. Uh, you know, new members coming in every single month, and you know, we've switched up the 
subscription model multiple times, but you know we found something that works really well, and we're we love the community. We're so excited to have the members that we have and the engagement that we have, and yeah, it just seems to keep getting better. I mean, a lot of people think that the business model for podcasts is just advertising, but that's like this very simple way to to look at it. You kind of took your interest in podcasting and expanded it to this community. What what made you think first? community, then what made you think for pay community? And then what sort of base rules did you set to make sure that the community was engaged and would keep growing and would be positive and, and so on. So you started the podcast and how was that going? When did you start it? So the podcast was launched back in September of 2012. So that was kind of right when things started kind of getting a little moving in the podcasting world because the iPhone had been out for a while. So a lot of people have the podcast app on their phone now. And it was just a little easier to find and listen to podcasts. And over a year from 2012 into 2013, um, you know, we just put all of our effort into the podcast, growing the audience, communicating with our listeners, asking them questions, engaging at every level that we could. And one of the biggest questions that we always asked our listeners back then and still to this day is like, what's your biggest struggle right now? What is your biggest struggle? And a common answer, James, that came back over and over again was, we just don't know where to find like-minded individuals. You know, I mean, we, we listen to your podcast and you're interviewing successful entrepreneurs, but I live in a town in Northwestern Minnesota or, you know, Southwestern Arizona, and I don't have people around me that think like this. They, they don't have that mentality. I need to be part of a community of a group. Where do I go? And you know, frankly, we looked around and we weren't that impressed with the recommendations that we were able to give. So Kate and I did two things pretty early on in our journey. Number one, we launched a general online business mastermind called Fire Nation Elite, where we pretty quickly brought in 100 people, which we capped there. Um, And that was a four paid community. So the average person was paying between 100 to $200 per month. And that was, again, 100 people. So right away, that was a five-figure revenue stream per month that was coming into our business. And we called, again, that Fire Nation Elite. And that was that, general that, business. And, and and John, just to say, like right there, your very first decision, that's like a living. That's like a living. You, you literally turned the podcast into a living like overnight, regardless of what your advertising was and, and so on. Yeah, I wanted to just qualify the overnight thing, whereas like we did like turn on that Fire Nation Elite Mastermind and – pretty much overnight. It was really over the course of just one week. We had a six-figure business, like you said. Now, we were releasing a podcast every day for over a year before we even opened up that mastermind. So we had been in audience growth mode for a while. That would not have worked back in 2012, early 2013. Like We had to spend time building our community to get to that point. But yes, once we did flip that switch, boom, six-figure business. And we said, hey, if this works in the overall online business space, this could probably also work in a niche like a podcasting space because, James, we were getting a lot of people asking us questions like, how do we start our podcast in pottery and fitness and gardening and art and our passions? And that's where we said, hey, let's just replicate the success we've had in Fire Nation Elite, launch Podcasters Paradise, which is going to be a podcasting community to create, grow, monetize your podcast. And we did that in late 2013. So I remember, uh, we think I think we first spoke around 2014, you were doing a podcast every day. I remember you were doing for a while a five-minute podcast. On Fridays, I think it was. This is just pulling from my memory now. <laughs> On Fridays, I think you had a five-minute podcast 
where what, you were just answering a question or what was happening in that, those five minutes? Exactly. So I actually use a pretty cool tool. It was called SpeakPipe. And I would ask my listeners to go to eofire.com slash ask. And I would just have them submit um, an audio question for me, which I would then take that audio question. I would play it on my podcast. So that'd be about like a 30 second question. Then like you said, I would spend the next three or four or five minutes just answering that question. I would keep things really simple. And that was my Friday podcast for a really long time. And, you know, that was a, a lot of fun for sure. That's a great idea. Jay, uh, audio engineer, you're, you're listening to this. We should do this, the five-minute Sunday podcast or something. And the thing, James, it. people love when they can hear their voice on your show. So it's one thing to, That's like, have people idea. submit, like, like, you know, email questions. That's cool and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, Kate submitted a question on this. I'm going to answer it. But when Kate submits an audio question and she knows, hey, my question might get answered today and my voice might be on James's show today, they're going to listen every single day. I mean, they want to hear that. That's great. And you would, um, would you get, I remember you saying, I think you got a, just about the same amount of audience from the five minute show as from your regular show. Yeah, we were seeing very consistent, you know, listens and downloads from that uh, question and answer show, which was part of our same feed, Entrepreneurs on Fire, as we would do with the interview sh shows, for sure. Like, I loved having the combination because for me, a big part of our audience growth was honestly having people like you and Tim Ferriss and Barbara Corcoran and, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk on the show and then being able to say, hey, I've interviewed these awesome people and be able to like leverage their audience as well. So that was important. But then also what I love about those five minute shows, and this is, I think, really important for all podcasters is when you're interviewing somebody, you're turning the spotlight on them. And James Altucher was the feature as he should have been when I'm interviewing him on Entrepreneurs on Fire. But when I'm doing my own topic-based show or people are asking me questions, now I'm putting the spotlight on me as the authority figure, as the influencer. So that really helped grow my personal brand by doing that, you know, just one show per week. So let me address that because I've been debating this in this just this past year or even just the past six months. Like for years, I had an interview show, right? Where I was interviewing, you know, like you said, all these names and what for years before that I was a writer, I still am a writer where um people are coming because of me. And so it's almost a disconnect between the podcast and the writing. And so I started putting me more back in the podcast and you're right. It was, it was worth it. I'm even debating more of that, like doing more storytelling or whatever. Like what, what's, what's your, well, two questions. One is how did you build up that initial community on the business mastermind side? Like, how did you build this connection, personal connection with the listeners? Second, what's the structure of the podcast now? Like, are you mostly, is it still like one five minute thing a day? I haven't, I, I don't know what the latest version of your podcast is. Sure. Well, I'll start with the second part of the question first. And for 2000 days in a row, that was my commitment to myself. I wanted to do 2000 episodes in 2000 days. That's five and that's a half. That's a six-year commitment. Yeah, that's five and a half years, almost six years, like you said. But I was committed to it. Like, you know, when I hit like episode 250, I'm like, I can do this. I'm going to 2000. So for almost six years, I did a daily podcast. At my 2000th episode, I did make the announcement, and this was a couple of years ago. I said, hey, I'm moving down to three days per week. So as you and I are talking now, it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. 
Um, I still might get more guests sometimes than I have room for. So like I'll add in a fourth episode every now and then. So sometimes it's four per week, but it's usually three per week, sometimes four per week now. So still a lot of quantity for sure, but definitely not daily. And as far as your first part of the question, you know, which is, you know, how do we first kind of build that initial engagement up? And this is just one thing that we've always been committed to doing that's, you know, is simple to say, but hard to do is we just committed to asking. Like we were always asking our audience. At the end of my show, I would ask my audience to do something, you know, whether it be send me an email, um, you know, take this call to action, whatever it might be, whenever they would message me on social media. And that allowed me to really not just have communication and engagement with my audience, but to understand what they wanted, what they needed. And, and James, that has been the reason that I've created all of the products and services that I've created over now the past eight years is 100% based off of my audience's biggest needs. So so a best practice here is at the end of each podcast, have some ask of the audience. And it's almost like a reciprocity thing. You've just given them this episode, this knowledge. It's not unreasonable to ask like, hey, send me a text, send me a tweet, send me a message. So let, and then let, this, me, let me one up that actually, because that I think is- One up it. The least thing that is the least you should do is is ask for that one thing, that one call to action. But you should take it a step further. You should know what your audience's problems, struggles, obstacles, and challenges are. And you should be in the background pre before your podcast, after your podcast, working on the best solutions for that. And I'll give you just a quick example. So I know that my audience wants to know how to create and launch a podcast. So instead of just telling them to join my $1,000 per year podcasting paid community, I say, hey, first, let me build some know, like, and trust. So at the end of my podcast, I'll say, hey, if you're listening to this and you love James Altucher, you know, he has a podcast. You obviously know I have a podcast. Podcasts are great. If you want to have a completely free um, course on how to create and launch your podcast, visit freepodcastcourse.com. So I send people to a free course. It's such a valuable, high perceived value and actual value course that they take. And what happens, James? They go through, they learn how to create and launch their own podcast. What do people want to do after that? They want to grow their audience. They want to monetize. Then they get served the opportunity to join Podcasters Paradise with a person who taught them how to create and launch their podcast. That's one thing that we do at the end of every episode. And I have seven more. So I'm rotating eight different of those type of free calls to action that is solving people's problems and is putting them into a funnel that's turning into revenue at the end of that funnel, which is why now for 84 months in a row, the net profit of Entrepreneurs on Fire each month has been over $100,000. Yeah, and you've been pretty transparent about it, right? You share uh, a, a lot of the numbers or, or, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, I'll let Kate talk here because she actually works super hard on the income report. She's the engine behind that. Yeah, we do a monthly income report, which has been like, it's been such a fantastic experience from our end, as well as being able to provide that value and like pull back the curtain for our audience. I feel like it's generated so much um, trust and like how uh, open we are about all of that and honest and transparent we are about how we run our business, the mistakes we make, the lessons we learn, and then all the money that we make and all the money that we spend, you know, it not only helps us keep a really tight, um, you know, finger on the pulse in terms of our month to month, what we're spending and what what's coming in, you know, our financial um, 
just picture, then we're also able to provide that to our audience. And, you know, people gain inspiration from it. They learn lessons from it. And uh, yeah, it's been a really fantastic experience all around. We actually just published our 84th income reports. We've done 84 of them. (laughs) And James, like our inspiration for that, by the way, was a mutual friend of ours, Pat Flynn. When I was trying to figure out back in 2011, 2012, like, can I even do something in the online world? I saw Pat's income reports and I'm like, here's a cool guy, family guy. He seems honest, genuine, and he's sharing how he's making money in a real valuable way in this world. I said, if we can ever get to the point where we're doing the same thing, I want to have that transparency. I want to show people the roadmap that we found so that they can follow that. And we do some really cool things like we bring our accountant on every income report to share a tax tip. We bring our lawyer on to share a legal tip, all for entrepreneurs. So these income reports are really meaty and they are just an education in how to run a successful online business. I, I love this. So so it's almost like authenticity and vulnerability. And I, and I firmly believe this even in my own stuff, but in a different way, but I feel like vulnerability is currency. So you're basically spending your authenticity, but gaining um, audience from this because people appreciate it so much because it's such a rare, it's a, it's a scarce resource, authenticity. I love the word vulnerability as currency too. Like that phrase, James, I'm sure you use it a lot, but you need to, because that's amazing. Because just three months ago, we had like a very disappointing launch. Like we had a very disappointing, big kind of financial thing happen into our business and we didn't hide from it. Like we came out, we like met it head on, we shared it with people and they really, really Mm -hmm. resonate with the fact that we're not only just sharing the hundreds of thousands of dollars we're making per month and how we're doing it, we're showing you when we lose or, you know, have a huge disappointment and have, and go the other way, a hundred thousand dollars in a single month, because that can happen too. So, so right now from what we've been talking about, best practices include, uh, kind of this ask at the end of a podcast to see what their problems are, what their questions are. And you can, and it even creates content. So you could do a mini podcast episode, uh, answering some of the questions. Then you give away some, something of enormous value, like this podcasting course, and then, you know, that's roughly a funnel. I almost don't like the word funnel, but it's it's a funnel to to What's the better get... word? Why don't you like the word funnel? Tell me. I, I don't like the word funnel because it's marketing language. Huh? And you're not really doing it in this and and I feel even though it's not like it's it's a legit word, it's it's le- it, marketing just means you're messaging them, you know, about something you you think will will have value to them that costs money, but really what you're doing is you're bringing them you know, better and better. You're giving them more and more reasons to trust you, and you're giving them more and more value in exchange for that trust. And the the next st- step of value is this for pay community, which is not like this, like like marketing. Okay, that's a good question. Like I think I feel like marketing assumes there's some spread between value and perceived value, and marketing is that difference between value and perceived value. So a can of Coke is really, as Steve Jobs would put it, it's really just sugared water. And then the value of a can of Coke is the difference between sugared water and, you know, a sugared water plus 20 Super Bowl ads. And so that creates the perceived value is all these Super Bowl ads. That's the marketing. Michael Jordan chugging a Diet Pepsi before going out and dunking over Hakeem Olajuwon. (laughs) Right. So that's marketing, which creates a higher perceived value than actual value. Whereas Podcaster's Paradise is an actual value. There's no perceived value. There's actual value 
uh, the perceived value equals the value um, because it's a real valuable community. I find it's been an incredibly valuable community and and you're entitled to ask people to join because you've already given, they, you've already, they've already seen how you have like this huge value with this course and the podcast, you know what you're talking about. And then on top of that, the um, transparency, you know, kind of always reminds people that, hey, this is the place we could trust and learn and find information. Oh, we have to check back each month, see how John and Kate are doing because uh, they're going to release their report again, gives people a reason to check back. So there's, so far there's these three um, kind of, uh, best practices of bringing people into the community. And uh, I imagine also that your podcast grows because the more people in Podcasters Paradise, the more kind of built in, some percentage of them are always going to listen to your podcast and recommend it to others and so on. So I imagine as the community grew, your audience grew as well. So it becomes this virtuous cycle. Yeah, the biggest thing that we've recognized through that whole process you just went through is the building of know, like, and trust. So people are getting to know you, they're seeing you, they're beginning to like you because you're giving them value and you're really improving their life. And then they're trusting you because of all of those things. And that's honestly why I embrace personally funnels, because to me, funnels is part of how you run a successful online business. And, and I'm a big believer that people need to embrace marketing. They need to embrace funnels. They need to embrace generating revenue in their business because James, I've been doing this for eight years now and I've seen so many people who have had to shutter their doors. They've had to stop doing their podcast. They've had to stop doing any kind of, online content marketing because they're just not making any money and they're not making any money. So they have to go now go do some crappy desk job that they hate and this adding no value to the world. And yet they're taking away their podcast that might be about breast cancer that could potentially be, you know, helping hundreds, if not thousands of women around the world, you know, cope and get the answers they need. And I've, I've seen shows like that and so many others have to go away because people aren't focused on the business side of, of online entrepreneurship in general. And that's why, listen, I'm a big believer in diversifying your revenue, but when we're talking podcasting, we're talking monetization, sponsorships, that is a bad game to play. 90% of podcasts are never going to get sponsors for their show of any value. The remaining 10% that are, maybe two or 3% are gonna get some kind of significant revenue from that sponsorship. So chasing that rabbit hole, and this is why we love our income reports, because we try to like really hammer that home, is is a fool's errand for most people in the first one, two, three, four years of their online podcast slash business. However, everything we've been talking about prior to this is talking to your audience, saying, what's your biggest problem right now, James? Tell me your biggest problem. And then saying, okay, 15 people like James have all said about the same thing that they're struggling with. I'm going to create my own solution for that. And then I'm going to offer it to them you know, in a, in a free course, in an ebook, in a book, and be bringing people along this line to potentially some kind of higher level product or service that's going to actually allow you to make 40000 a year, 80000 a year, $200,000 a year, and keep doing what you're doing to add value to the world. So that's great. So like a lot of entrepreneurship, of course, or almost all of it is about solving some particular audience's problems. Well, with the podcast, is a is basically a way to build an audience through content you create and use that as a vehicle. Really, that's the bridge between that that content is the bridge between you and the the audience telling you their problems enough that you could then kind of uh, formulate products around that, like a course, like a community, maybe maybe a book, like you say. 
you know, I call this the spokes and wheel approach. Your yeah. podcast is the wheel, and then all these other things are the spokes. Totally, so, that's a that's a great visual. And so, what were the other eight things? So, the, the you said there was like uh, not nine things. One was, hey, everybody needs a podcast community. What were some of the other eight things you were fi- asking people or or finding out from people? Yeah, Kate, you want to choose one of your favorites of those, and then I'll uh, share another one. Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot about funnels, so I'll talk about Funnel on Fire, which is a free course on how to create a funnel that converts. And um, what's pretty cool about that funnel, actually, is that free value that we provide because we had so many people coming to us saying, you know, how do you guys get people to a paid course or a pay-for community or to any of your products or services, a coaching, whatever that might be? And our answer is you create a funnel, you create a journey to bring them on. James, as you were saying earlier, you know, it's leading them in the direction of more value, more value, more value. And uh, we don't have an ultimate course on marketing and funnels, but we know how to create funnels that convert. So let's teach people how to do that for completely for free. And then we are affiliates for ClickFunnels, which is a software that we use to create our funnels. And so after that free course, what we do is we send them to ClickFunnels. We say, hey, we just taught you how to create a funnel that converts. This is the software that we use. So if you're ready to take the next step, sign up through our affiliate link, and then they go to ClickFunnels. So that's a, another example of one of the free courses that we've created. I mean, that's great because I think I think a lot of podcasters, like you say earlier, a lot of podcasters think, oh, I'm going to make a podcast and there's going to be so many people with testicular cancer listening to this podcast that we'll be able to get advertisers and sponsors for our testicular cancer podcast, not to make light of testicular cancer. But uh, reality is there's, like you just mentioned affiliate deals. I find very few podcasts make use of affiliate deals instead of ads. So, so what this means is using up some of the space where you would have put an advertiser, you advertise for an affiliate or, or like you say, maybe you do a podcast around the idea of, of an affiliate show their value, and then you have an affiliate deal. You can make so much more from an affiliate deal than from an ad. Like an ad is actually very hard to make money from and then very finding hard. the advertiser and doing the split with whoever. But affiliate deals is like ongoing money forever. And a lot of podcasts don't don't realize that. Like you can make a lot of money from affiliate deals. And, and one that just explodes unexpectedly, you can make you know, $100,000 instead of like a $5,000 ad spot or whatever. So, um, so that's another best practice is, is kind of providing value with those affiliates like you do with ClickFunnels, but also doing the affiliate deal. Yeah. There's a lot of great ways you can look at that. And there's two models that you're talking about right now. There's the CPM model, which is the cost per thousand listens. And that's always going to be a difficult model because not many people are going to get even a thousand listens, let alone multiple thousands to make it worthwhile. Because guess what? The average CPM is $25 per thousand listens. So if you have a thousand listens, which would put you in the top 15% of all podcasts, you're making 25 bucks for that sponsorship. Like that's a lot of work for not a lot of dollars. Now on the flip side, what you're talking about this affiliate thing, cost uh, CPA model, which is the cost per acquisition is one that I love and I recommend a lot of podcasters utilize this at the beginning. And a great example specifically would be go to Google, type in um, Audible um, Podcast Affiliates. It's gonna take you to the page to sign up. You're gonna get a nice little affiliate link to sign up for Audible's um, affiliate program for specifically for podcasters. They do they have a great one. And now you're on your podcast and you're like, hey, and guess what, my friends? You're listening 
to an interview with Kate Erickson, JLD, and James Altucher. So you guys obviously enjoy podcasting. You enjoy audio. You probably like audiobooks too. So why don't you go, and this is actually really specific for you, James, could be really cool, is um, you can say, hey, why don't you go to my affiliate link, which is eofire.com slash audible, and you're going to be able to sign up and get your first book for free, your first month for free. And if you decide to stay after that, it'll be like seven bucks a month. If you don't, you get to keep your book for free. Just cancel in the first 30 days. You're off to the races. Now, you can, James, on your show, be recommending people go there and download and, and get your book, your audio book, for free. And like, Which was an excellent audio book, by the way. One of my favorites I've ever such listened to. a good to. audio book. Oh, thank you. Like, with... with Thank you for saying that. Because with with choose yourself, I decided I can't just sit here and read my own book. That that would be like that would bore me to tears. Not because the book's boring, but I just can't stand <laughs> reading out loud. So I just riffed a completely different product, basically. Of just I kind of looked at what the t- chapter was about, and then I told the stories and told new stories. So I made it almost so you had to buy the audiobook and the. It was brilliant, Paperback, which just is because- what made it so excellent. I mean, like these little, like off, uh, you know, hand where you've got people walking into your room and you're like taking bathroom breaks and like you know all this kind you're of like, stuff. You're like, no, I like- don't have to go to the bathroom. Stop <laughs> asking me. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I remember uh, we also had the 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 audio uh, engineer participate a little bit. Like he was almost shy about doing that, but it was fun. But yeah, so okay, so now you you you've launched. Podcasters Paradise. You realize this is a big problem. People need podcasters need community. One more question before we dive into that, which is a lot of people are saying now in our current environment, um, oh, people are going to miss um, the energy and density of being at the office with each other and exchanging a lot of creative, smart people exchanging ideas and creativity. Do you think with these online communities and 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 Zoom and so on, do you think we can? It is possible to recreate that community and creativity and, you know, exchange of ideas inside these online communities? That's an excellent question. I mean, I do think that it serves a huge purpose. Have I participated in something that has gotten to the level of like being in the same room, like at an event or a conference, for example? I mean, I think that's really difficult to recreate, but I do think that there is room and so much power for people who might not have the expendable income to travel, who might not be able to afford, you know, all these conference tickets. I do think that it fills such an important void for so many people, as John was describing, you know, people who might not have like the familial support or other friends who are entrepreneurs or people who even know what a podcast is within a hundred mile radius of them. Well, then an online community becomes everything. Yeah, I I mean again when I go to Podcasters Paradise it's great just to see um you know cuz the questions live there forever right so if somebody asks what's the right mic or what's the best way to get guests or how do I get this guest You can guest, use a search or, feature it'll take you right there. Yeah, so it's so yeah, it has its own role and its own use. So okay, so you start Podcasters Paradise initially you set it up on Facebook and it's a private group. And in order to join, they have to basically contact you and pay what? What was your first uh, subscription price to Podcasters Paradise? Do you remember, Kate? Well, we did Lifetime for a while. So we did a super early bird for one ninety seven Lifetime membership. And there and are then, still great. people there eight years later from that. <laughs> and then when we ended Lifetime memberships and switched over to a recurring uh, revenue model, I think we were up to twelve ninety seven for a Lifetime membership. 
Um, and now we're at 97 a month or 997 a year. That's great. That's, that's awesome. So, so, uh, what happened in the beginning where, where did you get like a thousand members right away or 10 members or what happened? What, what's best practices at the beginning? I mean, we were very much proof of concept with Podcasters Paradise. So we basically created nothing. We held a webinar, um, what we called our proof of concept webinar. We invited everybody who had expressed interest to us in podcasting. We emailed our list. We talked about it on the podcast. We got people on this webinar and we told them about the idea that we had for Podcasters Paradise. We said, we do not have one video tutorial created yet. We do not have anybody in a Facebook group yet, but this is our idea based on what you guys have told us that you want. So if you think that this is something you want, we're going to start creating it tomorrow. But we need, I think we said 50, 50 people minimum to join on that webinar for us to get that proof of concept. And I think we had over 100 people join on that webinar. So the next day we started creating. And you asked about best practices, James, like by far for the first two, three, even into the fourth year, we were doing a live webinar every single week. We're talking every week, 52 per year, where I was just getting on. I was teaching podcasting for 45 minutes. I take about 15 minutes of questions, and then we would promote Podcasters Paradise on that live webinar. And that was our best practices for years to get people into Podcasters Paradise. That was 13, 14, 15, maybe into 2016. 2017 wow. started, we we really saw that shift out where people were not just going to um, be attending live webinars nearly as much. And that's when we kind of shifted to more of a free course model, like a do-it-yourself type of thing. So, okay, so uh, people are coming in and you're, you, you, you've been doing this, um, not only your podcast, but this free webinar to kind of drive people into Podcasters Paradise, where again, I say drive into, but there's a huge amount of value there. Like I've enjoyed my experiences in Podcasters Paradise. What then is best practices? You're, you're developing this community. You guys are in there every day. It's such a great, a strong community. What's some of the ways you keep people going? Cause they have to, you know, you want people to keep having value. So they keep renewing and so on. Like what, what's, what do, what do you do? What do you think about when you wake up and start, you know, building the community every day? The biggest thing that we've really made the commitment to that we've seen pay massive dividends is every single day it's on our morning routine. Kate and I are in Podcasters Paradise for a minimum of 10 to 20 minutes. And if it needs to be more, then it's more, but that's a minimum 10 to 20 minutes where we're answering everybody's question. We're giving support on everybody's, you know, win we're giving, you know, you know, feedback on everybody's struggles and failures. So we're in there. So there's no comments left untouched by Kate and myself. Now, of course, what we love about the community is because we are giving that leadership and showing that example, you know, we'll have so many other people be commenting and sharing and supporting and answering as well. So by the time I get to a bunch of questions that, you know, I'm, I'm going down that feed that particular day, it's already been answered in full by somebody else. And I just give like a little like and like, that was, that's what I would say. Or if I disagree, I'll give my opinion as well. I'm not saying that it's the only opinion that, that matters, but that's my personal thought on that. And we have some nice, lively, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, opinion back and forth where, we don't always agree, but to me, that just really is a, is a strong community that can have these kind of open, friendly, but helpful conversations. So it, it really starts there, James, with just us being every day committing in that morning routine to being part of that conversation in the Facebook group. Both of you are on there. 
in the morning? Like, is there ever one day it's like, hey, Kate, it's your turn. And the next day, hey, it's John, it's your both. turn. It's like both of Both. Double and, double team. Yeah. Right. She's so, the sugar on the salt. You know, I get in there. I'm a little <laughs> I'm a little salty sometimes. And I think that keeps people on their toes. And uh, you know, Kate's all sugar though, which is which is important. Right. Like if they see if they get a notification, John Lee Dumas has responded to your post and podcast first, like, uh oh, like, <laughs> is he is he yelling at me? Did I do something Very wrong? Very possible. <laughs> Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever? So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. 
So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that? There's a whole section just with my name on it. HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Um, let me, I'm going to look something up on, on trends.co. Uh, they, uh, they once posted what made Harley Davidson such a strong community. And I want to, I want to find that because it was a good, it was a good list. Uh, let me see if my computer. Yeah. The thing about Harley Davidson that's been interesting that I've seen is like, I mean, when you have a brand where people are literally going to get a tattoo of your brand on their body, Mm -hmm you know yeah. you've done something right. And so that's kind of one thing that I always think about when I hear Harley Davidson. I'm like, man, when you can have such a passionate fan base, because I haven't seen any podcasters Paradise Tattoos yet. So we're still, <laughs> we're still working towards that. But, when you- but I feel like Entrepreneur on Fire, you've got like the Fire Nation thing. You've, you've built this brand around your podcast and community that in- includes that. Yeah, I you know and that was what I wanted from day one. Like I wanted this brand that was exciting, that was strong, that people wanted to be a part of, and that's why we called our first mastermind Fire Nation Elite because we wanted people to really feel like they were part of our audience of Fire Nation. Yeah, and and uh, okay, so let me see. Um, here we have it. Uh, James, while you um, pull that up, I'll add a couple other, um, sure. you know, strategies and stuff that I feel have been really powerful for making our community what it is. Um, we definitely have very strict guidelines, and part of our onboarding process is 
helping people understand what those guidelines are, and then also always encouraging questions, support. Um, so from day one, when you join Podcasters Paradise, the Facebook group is one of the first things we tell you to do. Go join the Facebook group. And then when you request to join, you get the you get served the guidelines. So the guidelines of like no self-promotion, no like talking down to other people. We're there to support one another. We're a family. And so all of this language that we use around like the support and asking questions and answering questions, never hesitate to post something. We want to be helpful. We're here for you. We're a family. I really think that that goes a long way in helping people feel comfortable enough to be in there, you know, providing support support in answering other people's questions and asking questions of their own. Well, I think that's really important. Essentially, you're building the the connectivity of not like this loose online group, but of a tribe. Like you mm -hmm. call it Fire Nation. You refer to it as a family. Like I think I think that's really important. So it, people feel like it's not just something that they could, you know, log into and log out of. And, you know, they're kind of in the community 24-7 in some conceptual way. And, and I think that's really important. And once you get people in there and doing that and they start building relationships with other members, it doesn't become, it's not about John and I anymore. It's about the relationships and the connection that they've built with other people in the community. And so at that point, then they're so invested. They've built all these incredible relationships and they do feel like they're a part of a family. Yeah, I, I that that resonates with something else I always think, which is that the power of a person's network is not just the list of people you know, it's it's exponentially larger if it's the list of people you connect to each other. And so mm -hmm. your community, the value of it is not just the number of members, but the number of members who connect with each other because of your community. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an exponentially larger number than just the list of, of people in the community. So, okay, in this, in this list I have here uh, uh, the, about the Harley Davidson paid community, the, the number one item is content, which you, uh, you know, having paywalled content available only to paying community members. So you, you have that just in terms of the content created by the community, but is there any other content you create just for the community? Absolutely. We have an entire membership site with video tutorials on how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. We have resources, we have email templates, we have document samples. Um, it's a very, very robust membership site with literally anything, any question that anybody asks in the Facebook group, we are able to answer that question for them and also point them to a resource or a video tutorial on the membership site for that. That's, that, that's great. And then, um, you, you do have connection. You have focused efforts to introduce members of the community to one another and build strong connections. So as soon as someone joins, you often introduce them or... You throw them right in there. Yeah. So one thing that we have that works really well is we have your first eight steps in Podcasters Paradise. And it's a step-by-step -step process where we know that if they take these eight steps, they're much more likely to know, love, and stay in the community for a much longer time. And one of those eight steps is a very specific and easy introduction into the Facebook group. So we really want to make that happen soon because, you know, as soon as somebody introduces themselves, they're like, hey, I'm down in you know, the Keys in Florida, like, oh, I'm in the Keys in Florida too. Now they feel like they're actually kind of part of more of a family with people that they they can know, like, and trust as well. So th those eight steps that we do are, are really critical to our process. And what's some of the other steps? Uh, to log into the membership site, 
Um, we have a video tutorial that walks them through that. Again, like John said, I mean, one of the biggest deterrents, I think, or an easy way for somebody to drop off, especially if it's a recurring membership, like you had asked us earlier, James, how do you keep people coming back? And one of the ways is right up front, you have to make sure that people understand and are clear on where they can go to get the resources and the help that they need. Because if they have to spend time looking for it, they're just going to get frustrated and they're not going to want to do it. And so um, one of those eight steps is logging into the membership site. We have a welcome video from John that welcomes people. I do a, a whole walkthrough of the content so people know exactly where to find the video tutorials they're looking for. Joining the Facebook group is one of them. Um, signing up for a welcome call from John. John actually calls every single person who joins Podcasters Paradise one, on one the phone. One to one, James. Every Saturday, I'm calling Paradisers. You call every single person who joins? Every single person who joins. What if 20,000 people joined? Then I might have to rethink that. We're not quite <laughs> at those numbers yet, but over the years, you know, we're approaching 6,000 total members. So it's been a lot of phone calls. We also have a, yeah. a physical journal called the Podcast Journal that walks through um, 50 days. And each day there's an exercise in the journal that people fill in and it gets them to launching their podcast in 50 days or less. So um, one of the steps is them giving us their, they submit a form to submit their shipping address so we can ship them that journal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really just about making sure that they know where to go and how to engage and where to find things so that we can give them the value they're looking for so that they don't get frustrated and leave. So, so this, you know, this is so incredibly important because I, you know, there's a lot of Facebook communities out there. There's a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot, but there's a good number of for pay communities that seem to be doing okay. But I gravitated straight towards you guys. The second I wanted to do an episode about communities because podcasters paradise just feels like you're charging and it, and, but it's, it just feels like such a great community. And now I'm seeing all the glue. It's not like there's any, there's no shortcuts to building a business out of a community. You're doing all this work. And while it's not, you know, you're not going down to the coal mines, it's it's a good <laughs> amount of work that you're, that you're doing here. It's not like an easy thing, but I, I want to remind listeners, you can do this about any category. That's the beauty is that you're, you were making a living on the first 100 people who, who joined yeah. and uh, so whether your podcast is about breast cancer or golf or, uh, fantasy sports or, you know, Denzel Washington movies, you could build a community around it. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, whether it's, it could be about learning, it could be about social media. So, so all of these are kind of general best practices that work in every domain. It just so happens you do it in podcasting. What, what are some of the other things in the, in the eight, your, your checklist of eight? Well, I will say, you know, before Kate, Kate you know, and eight, I just had, I had to say <laughs> before Kate answers, uh, you know, another one, one or two things I will just, you know, have to say that like the really key thing and the whole like engine behind everything that we're doing with podcasters paradise and like building up that community and making people really feel like it's the right place for them, not just to stay and to learn, but to continue to be a part of. So they're, they're going to continue as the industry evolves to get the latest tips, tools, and tactics. You know, we are always, always making sure that we're encouraging other people to share their voice in the community. Like, we don't want this just to be like the Kate and John show. We want this to be the Podcasters Paradise family show where whenever anybody, you know, gives a great answer. Like, we have this one guy, just to give a specific example. He's at the beginning part of his podcasting journey. And every week he's posting what he calls notes from the field. 
Cliff Notes, and his name's Cliff. And every week, it's like this really long post, and it's such a valuable post that I could never create because I'm eight years removed from launching my podcast. This guy is eight you know, weeks from launching his podcast. So he's in it, and people are resonating with his posts more than they could ever resonate from a similar post like that for me because I'm just so far beyond that because I've been doing this for eight years, 2,600 episodes, you know, multiple millions of dollars of revenue. They can't resonate with that. They can't connect with that, but they can connect with this guy, Cliff. And it's such a valuable part of our community that Kate and I don't have a part of. But one thing I want to end with before I pass over to Kate is just like you don't really love like the words funnel and marketing and stuff like that. Like, I don't love the words passive income that much because to me, like a lot of people think that their online communities are going to be a form of passive income for them. And there's just nothing passive about it. Like Podcasters Paradise is the revenue generator that it is because Kate and I are the opposite of passive. We're engaged every single day. So Kate, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, on that note, I'll say, I mean, Cliff Clifford is an excellent example of this. Another way that I believe... Um, is a reason why the community is so incredibly engaged and as fantastic as it is, is because when we see people like that, we encourage, we um, share gratitude, we will do it publicly in the group. Like every single time Clifford posts, I'm reading the entire thing. I'm posting on there and saying, thank you so much for this. For anybody who is not reading this and taking this in, you're crazy. Like you're crazy. <laughs> and then I actually will reach out to Clifford individually too. And Clifford's just one example. Anyone who exhibits like this type of value add in the group, I reach out to them individually too and just say, you know what? I cannot express enough gratitude and appreciation that you are adding so much value to this group it's so helpful for the other members and people appreciate that. Like people want to be recognized. And um, another awesome thing that we do too is we have a weekly Podcasters Paradise Digest email. I mean, we've sent hundreds of them now. We send it every single Friday morning and we have a spotlight in that. And oftentimes we'll be spotlighting people's posts. I launched my podcast, I hit 1000 mm. downloads. I And that like recognition, that public recognition, um, whether it's in the Facebook group, in that email, People really appreciate that. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them coming back. Um, so that has been really fantastic. But going back to those eight steps, another cool thing that we have inside Podcasters Paradise is an accountability partner program. And so we'll encourage people to get signed up for that. So you submit a form and you answer like five, six different questions. It comes into us and then we'll match people with someone else in the community who's in a similar place in their journey so that they can then connect individually and do like weekly accountability calls. Like, hey, you said that you were going to have your podcast logo artwork done this week. Like, where are you at on that? Because with a big group, like there's a lot of accountability in that too. But to be able to partner, um, pair people up like that um, is a really great way to keep people engaged and coming back as well. And we have our monthly live Q&A calls. So every single month, John and I are spending one hour. We're live on Facebook in the group. Um, people are jumping on live. They're asking questions. We're answering questions. And that's another fantastic addition to the community is that John and I make ourselves available live in that way too so that it's not always just like, you know, that that live interaction uh, makes a big difference as well. That That's great because all of these things make it so that this is a you know, this is going to last forever. Like podcasting, it, it, it might evolve, but it's not going away. And as long as you keep providing all this value and content, like you guys will have this, you know, major income 
forever and it'll just keep growing. Like that's the plan, I assume. That's the plan. This is our this is our annuity. <laughs> so so okay, so so then so like uh, like you were just saying you do events, you do uh member visibility with this recognition. Are there so I'm I'm just reading off this list about Harley Davidson. Sure. Are there perks like ancillary benefits to membership? Well, I guess there's access to your Q and A and things like that. But are there discount? Do you have, do you do affiliate deals in the community? Yeah. So one thing that we do that's really cool is when you join the annual plan. This is actually another marketing strategy that I think is super key. Is when people get to podcastersparadise.com and they're going through our sales page essentially, and they get down to the bottom where they can either join monthly for ninety seven a month, which is appealing for people because you know it's a low upfront or annually for 997 you whenever you're running a business like we're like we're running ours online community you really want to get people committed for a year up front because they're going to be better they're going to, uh, they're going to just going to be better more committed they're going to be more engaged because they're not trying to justify things every single month and you don't want people initially that are doing that so we really push our annual membership hard how do we do that well Pricing is one thing. It's a couple hundred dollars cheaper if you join annual as opposed to paying, you know, twelve um, ninety-seven dollar payments. A second thing, and this kind of goes to your perk that you're talking about, we gift people a six hundred dollar intro and outro by a professional audio company that we use for our audio to create mm. their intro and their outro. And so that's a massive perk right there. And of course, it's not costing us quite $600 because we've worked out our own side deal, but that's what they would have to pay if they went directly to this company. And so it still works out for us financially to offer that to people that join annually. Additionally, and this is James, again, me just saying, hey, this isn't passive. Like I'm willing to put in the work. I'm calling everybody that joins. When you join annual, you get a 15 minute strategy call with me. And you can't get a one-on-one, like I don't do one-on-one coaching for just anything. Like this is the only way you're gonna get 15 minutes with me one-on-one directly answering your questions for your podcast. So we really push the annual hard because that's a much bigger overall value than somebody that's gonna join at 97 for a couple months and then drop off. Man, I I love all this. It's making me excited to build my community. Yeah, buddy. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then, uh, so do you have like uh, a swag? Like is there, do you have Fire Nation jackets and bandanas? <laughs> we do. We have a, a Podcaster's Paradise t-shirt. Um, and a, a cool benefit, too, of being a part of the community, like you mentioned discounts and stuff. We do um, team up with, like, podcasting conferences, events that are going on. So we'll get people discounts on tickets. And then whenever um, we join, like, Podcast Movement, PodFest, those are two huge podcasting conferences. John and I will put on a live like event just for Podcasters Paradise members at those events. So like the first night before the conference kicks off, we'll bring Podcasters Paradise members together. We'll give everyone a t-shirt. You know, we get their first drink or whatever. We have appetizers and all that good stuff. So those are a couple other things that we offer to the community. Yeah, swag, one of them. And Kate mentioned the podcast journal, which every single person joins. They get this shipped to their door. And this is like not just some flimsy journal. Like this is a beautiful faux leather, nicely constructed, you know, sewn flaps. I mean, it's a really high quality journal that we sell for $49 separately um, to people like on Amazon and stuff. But the, but everybody that joins Paradise gets that for free. 
What about, um, you know, and this is a key component to almost every kind of community or social network out there, but what about gamification? So for instance, on Twitter, the gamification is how many followers do you have? On uh, Instagram, how many likes per photo do you get? Uh, is there any kind of sense of gamification based on how much you participate or, or how many epi podcast episodes you've done or whatever? So gamification is definitely an interesting road that I feel like we may be exploring deeper down the line. But to be a little more specific on something that we do within Podcasters Paradise that really helps people as far as like what you're talking about with the followers and the likes and this stuff is one thing that's unbelievably difficult to get for your podcast are ratings and reviews. I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, it's hard enough for you and I, James, with big audiences, but for people with no audience or small audiences, it's nearly impossible. But it's super important to have at least 20, 50. If you can get over 100 reviews, it really adds a ton of credibility to your podcast. So every single Friday, we have what's called Pay It Forward Friday, where we allow people, this is the only day that they can do this in the Facebook group on any given week, we'll delete other posts that try to do this because they're violating our rules, is we post Pay It Forward Friday and you're allowed to post a link to your podcast and ask people to give it an honest rating and review. So the idea is people will see your Choose Yourself podcast and they will go, they'll listen to an episode or two episodes, and they'll give you an honest reading and review. Now, that has been something that's been going on for years and years and years. Every single week we put this on, there's hundreds of comments because people are super engaged with this because this is how they are genuinely increasing their ratings and reviews is by helping each other, the community. That's so key because I think the Apple algorithm rewards reviews, right? Like if you get more reviews, you'll move, even if you're not getting the number of downloads, if you get a, a surge in reviews, you can move up totally, huge in the Apple, Apple algorithm. knows that somebody that's leaving a review is a super active listener. Like there's passive listeners, which Apple, you know, those, those are good, but Apple wants and loves engaged listeners, people that are passionate enough to go and take that extra step to leave a rating and review. So they reward your podcast as a result. Yeah, I think like after a podcast kind of matures, it's a little harder to stay in the top Big time. 100. Like you you see when the podcast really is released, it go it surges right through the top 100 because that's when they're getting their initial acceleration in in downloads and reviews and so on. But then you might have like more downloads than anyone but not be in the top 100 because you might not be getting the reviews 100%. or it might be getting it might not getting the acceleration. And so I've always been wondering about yeah. that. But uh well, this is this is great, and I just want to remind people again, like, if if well, let, let me ask you guys, if you were to create a community, or if you were to advise someone to create a community in some other area, like let's say, I don't know, somebody likes mystery books and does a podcast about mystery books, how would you suggest they create their for pay online community? I mean, I think something like that is a great example of doing like sort of a book club or something. You know, you do a pay for community where you guys get together, you read the same, you said mystery books, like yeah. you, you pick a mystery book. And if you are a part of the community, we're meeting in this private Facebook group. And once a week, we're going to discuss these chapters and, you know, everybody could come up with their own like uh, assumptions of like what's going on and you discuss it. And I mean, that could be a really cool way to do it. You could also... I mean, the sharing recommendations for other mystery books, like maybe some of those people are interested in writing a mystery book themselves. And 
that could be a cool addition to it where you're like having some type of training or content on mm. um, writing or something like that. So yeah, I think uh, like low hanging fruit to me when I hear that would be some type of book club community. And something else that really comes to mind for me is I really believe we're coming to the end of the day where people like you and me, James, like sit down, write 50 to 75,000 words and then publish a book just like that. Like, yeah what I foresee happening is more of this ongoing thing. And so like, why does there have to be really a mystery book with a beginning and an end? Like there could be a mystery book that just every couple weeks, there's another chapter that's released and only people that are part of that community are going to get early access to those chapters, or maybe are going to even get input and you can add some more different things. Like I love the idea of you know, what if you have like this choose your own adventure mystery series where people actually they're in the group get to vote on what happens next and then you create the whole story around it. That could just be a really interesting kind of concept for somebody where they just have not a beginning and an end, but just a beginning and then just this evolving project that just goes on. And I imagine like for other types of communities, like let's say divorced dads or divorced moms or, or, you know, newly pregnant moms or I don't know, homeschooling parents or uh, different sports. There's so many different kinds of communities, you know, people who want to start social media agencies for lawyers or whatever. Like uh, uh, there's so many different types of online communities. And I, again, I really think this is somehow more fun than just creating an online newsletter or I don't know. They're, they're all good models, but uh, this is such a great business model. I think the four pay community and a lot of people, they don't think to do that. And you learn so much when you have people that are paying you money. Like those are like your real raving fans. Those are your best engaged people and you want more of them. And you learn so much from engaging with them. Like Kate and I learned so much from engaging with podcast paradisers. Yeah. And I, I, I should get more in the community. I, every now and then I kind of, we love it when you do brother. Check, Paradisers check it love out. it. They're <laughs> like, holy crap, James is here. He's in this community. They love it. I'm in the community. Um, uh, but you guys got me excited now to boost up my own community a bit more. Sure. That's and, what we do. uh, uh, look, I've been following, you know, your efforts for so many years and, and the community I've been in for pretty much since you started it almost. And, uh, uh, always such a pleasure to interact with you guys and interact with the community. You're you're right across the little creek there between Florida and Puerto Rico. As oh, long you mean as that Bermuda here. Triangle? Yeah, we're yes. right between that. We're there. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to <laughs> pop on over to Puerto Rico at some point. But um, thank you so much for for sharing all this this knowledge on uh, you know best practices for creating a four pay online community, and particularly your your podcasters paradise and other aspects of the business model around your podcast. You know. Entrepreneurs on Fire, always a great podcast to listen to. Who have been some of your recent guests? Uh, I've been having some really fun guests. One personal highlight that I really enjoy talking with is Guy Raz, who's the host. Oh, I just, yeah, I just, hey, I'm holding up his book right now. I just had him on as well. Yeah, nice. he's making his rounds because he's yeah. uh, just on the Tim Ferriss show as well. And you know his book, How I Built This, is coming out. And I just loved having a conversation with him because he was one of my inspirations for Entrepreneurs on Fire back in 2010, 2011. And I just love what he's been pumping out content-wise. It was really cool having that one-on-one -on -one convo with him and just a ton of fun. And I want to give a shout out too for a lot of people that are just like, wow, we're loving the systems and the automations that Kate and John are talking about that they have in our business. Well, Beyond Entrepreneurs on Fire, which of course is a kick-butt podcast, 
Kate's been cranking out some amazing episodes with her podcast called Ditch Busy, Making Overwhelm a Thing of the Past. So check out Ditch Busy if you like want that. to uh, turn your turn your business into a revenue generating machine like Kate and I have. And uh, let me ask you this: like, have you noticed that? So I've noticed this recently. Stories are more important than celebrity. So a podcast grows not necessarily as your subscribers grow, but as your subscribers share. So you have to have content that's valuable enough and, and fun enough and interesting enough that your subscribers say to their cousins, like, oh my gosh, you got to listen to this. And I find that content over celebrity is, is a, a celebrity will only get you so far, no matter how famous the person is on your podcast. It's real. You could have the most non-famous person, but just has a lot of value and that will do so much better than Truth. celebrity. So pe people don't realize Agreed. that they're just like, Oh no, I got to get like, I don't know, Chelsea Handler on my podcast right. when, when having, you know, John and Kate on talking about four pay communities, I can guarantee you this will get more downloads this episode than the Chelsea Handler. Are you saying episode. we're not we're not as big of a deal as Chelsea Handler? <laughs> you're, you're you're a bigger deal than Chelsea Handler is what I'm saying. I'll, uh, <laughs> hey James, I want to just make sure we get this across as well. Mikasa is Sukasa, my friend. Get on a plane, fly yeah. to Puerto Rico. We'll put you up in our guest suite. We'd love to hang out with you in person and um, keep these kind of conversations rolling, my man. We're, we're there. We're there. So. All right. Well, thanks so much, uh, John and Kate. And, uh, you know, Podcasters Paradise is great and your podcasts are great. And so, so glad you could join me for this episode. Adios, brother. Thank you, James. We super appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.